welcome to Neither the Time Nor the Space, a podcast about Doctor Who. My name is David, and as always, I am joined by the Ripping Matt. Hello there, my boy. <laughs> oh, jolly good, eh? Hello, boy. Hi, what, what? Um, yes, we are talking about Black Orchid this week. Mm. Um, rather a last-minute decision on my part. <laughs> Yeah. Possibly a regrettable one. I was going to say we'll we'll talk about whether it was a po- poor decision later on. <laughs> I made it for largely selfish reasons, I think. But um, yes, we shall uh, we shall um, get to that in due course. Um, before then, Matt, how are you doing this week? Uh, it all depends, David. <laughs> like tonight's the final episode of Doctor Who Flux. Did you watch it? No, I have not had the opportunity to yet, so no spoilers, please, Matt. <laughs> no, I, I haven't watched it. I, I'm yeah. just, I just want to wake up tomorrow morning to a, a fandom in chaos. Like, in, it's hot. Imagine it's if possible. it's just destroyed. <laughs> if if it's terrible, David. Yeah. Ah, uh, this might be the worst thing I've ever said on our podcast. <laughs> if if it's terrible. Imagine that, I'm going <laughs> to... Uh, um, we'll, we'll just have to wait and see, won't we? Oh, my word. Um, yes, it, uh, I mean, I'm looking forward to it, Matt. I, I, I'm, I've, I, I've made no secret of the fact that I've really enjoyed this series. I'm very excited for us to get to it uh, next year. Um and uh, I I am so spoiler phobic about this series, this finale because I knew I wasn't going to be able to watch it as it was going out, and we had the this recording scheduled. So realistically, it was going to be nine ten o'clock before I have a chance to actually sit down and watch it tonight. So I ha- preemptively uninstalled Twitter this evening. Oh wow! I just I don't want anything remotely crossing my field of vision. I don't want in a moment of weakness to just pop on for a second and see some spoiler or other can, about can, it. Can I tell you one thing? And I won't spoil anything, but I, right. I haven't uninstalled Twitter and yeah. I have watched the trailer for the New Year's special. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it, yeah, I haven't got any context for it, so it didn't make any <laughs> sense. So. Yeah, <laughs> That's, that sounds about right. <laughs> you know, I could try and spoil it, but... Yeah. The only thing I know about it is that it's got um, Ashleen B. Mm-hmm. She was and, in the trailer. Yes, and um, oh, what's her name? Uh, played Mrs. Doyle in um, Father Ted. I'm not certain. I saw her in pa- the trailer. Pa- 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 Pauline, somebody, isn't it? I forget mm-hmm. her name. Uh, but yes, anyway, I know they're both in it. So presumably, it is set in Ireland or has some kind of Irish connection but beyond that i know nothing about it um well whilst we're on flux there's no real point in me talking about it because this will come out a week later mm-hmm. uh but tomorrow night is the finale of the yes Dr. who flux after show yeah you've it, been having a great time on that by all accounts are you going to make an appearance tomorrow hopefully hopefully um i'm sort of uh 90 confident i'll be able to pop in i probably won't be able to stay for the duration yeah but, Don't worry, uh, I, I'm usually there in body, but not spirit by the end. <laughs> they go long, don't they? Yeah, three hours usually. 
Yeah. I always set a midnight curfew, but it's always like quarter past half past twelve. <laughs> yeah, I just I'm I'm not in a position where I can do that these days. Now, um, whilst we're speaking about finales, David. Yes. Next week. Next week. Next week will be our final recording of the year. It will. It won't be our final episode of the year. We've yep. got a couple of bonus ones in the bank. Yeah. So uh, I think you can kind of tell that when we're like wishing each other Merry Christmas in late October. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, but that also means, David, it's going to be the finale of Wheelie Big Quiz. It's going to be the finale of Meal of the Week. That's true. It's yeah. going to be the finale of Television Highlight of the Week. <laughs> Everyone's favourite segment. It's going to be the finale of Listener Tweets. Yeah. It, it, it's all... It's going to be the finale of our Doctor Who review. We're going to scrap that feature that, as well. That is the only feature that's remaining. <laughs> our least popular feature. <laughs> so, yeah. uh... so, suck it up, listeners. Enjoy this whilst it lasts, because... God knows yeah. what's happening in the new year. Yeah, we 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 genuinely don't. We've not really got anything nailed yeah. down for next year, other than how, the fact that we will be doing series twelve and thirteen. How long do you think it'll be until I ask you what you had for breakfast? Oh. That's the equivalent of smashing the glass and put, pressing the big red button, isn't it? I don't know. Who? We'll, we'll just have to wait and see, Matt. We'll just have to wait and see. Um. Alrighty then. So uh, let's get it over and done with. Television highlight of the week, Matt. Anything jumping out at you this week? What have I watched this week? Uh, I'm still on Hawkeye. I like that. I still think it's really good. I think this episode was probably the best episode so far. Mm, Good. Good Um, I'm still watching The American Office. I'm on the final series. Yeah. It's becoming a bit of a labour of love. Today my wife asked me, why do I still watch this shit? Um... (laughs) And I can't remember if I've watched anything else. No, I don't think I have. I don't think I have. Uh, well, no. Um, I've not been to the I, cinema. I've not really played any computer games. Yeah. Um, as for me, Little Zorbs and I watched uh, Muppets Christmas Carol. Oh, today. yes. It's officially Christmas. It is. It is. I, I decided unusually early for me this year that I was just going whole hog into Christmas. Do you know what? I just I need it this year. It's funny you say that because I went out for a meal on Friday. Yeah. And my brother said that basically that was the kickstart of his Christmas month. He was like, it's not just a day this year because the last two years have been rubbish. He was like, every time I go out for a meal, I'm going to enjoy it. I'm going to make the most of it, and I feel the same way. Yeah, I, I mean, I'll be honest, Matt. I've been I I started digging out my uh, Christmas uh, Spotify playlist round about November the twenty seventh. How, how many uh, mince pies have you eaten this year? Um, one one regular size mince pie, mince pie, and two miniature ones. Right, that that could be our feature for episode one <laughs> in the new year. <laughs> Just place your bets now, listener. Who's eating more mince pies, me or David? Uh, I mean, we're both fans, aren't we? I love them, David. I can't get yeah. enough. I, I don't think I've ever turned down a mince pie. Now, I think, if memory serves, you're a little bit fussier and don't tend to go for them if there's no cream available. Correct. I don't like yeah. them dry. And 
just to sound really bourgeois, I was in Morrison's the other day. Yeah. And they had their Morrison's own brand mince pies, six, in one of those like cl- plastic shell containers. Yeah, I know this all. And I was just like, they look so grim. So I walked straight past them and bought six of uh, Morrison's The Best. Mm. And, oh my God. Yeah, get a bit of clotted cream on them. I mean, it's it's good if you can do it, but to be honest, it's not it's not a deal breaker for me. I I I will take any mince pie anywhere, anytime. I'd eat mince pies in July if they were widely available. I think I think I've talked about this on pod, but one of my like shameful Christmas secrets: just get a box of celebrations and a pot of clotted cream and just dump them in. <laughs> Whoa. That's that's hardcore. Yeah, it's, it's hardcore. the sweetest fondue you'll ever have. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds positively cloying. Yeah, yeah, my heart um, is suffering. Yeah, but uh, yeah, well, I'm I'm glad we're on the same page and we we kind of just fully embracing Christmas. I hope our listeners are as well. It's nice, isn't it? Yeah, like um, I mean, it's going to be part of my meal of the week, uh, but. The other night, like I said, we went out for a meal. We were in York City Centre. There was uh-huh. trees and lights. And, like, in the centre of York, they have, like, the Christmas market. And as part of that, there's, like, a big giant teepee bar. Uh, we didn't go in it, but you could just hear everyone singing Fairy Tale of New York and everything. And it was just like, this is it. It's Christmas now. Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, um, as a society, we are. We're much in need of a knees up. Yeah. So, uh, excellent. Um, so, what did you have for your meal of the week then? Uh, what I was your order there? 68 ounce tomahawk steak. Sounds like a lot of meat. Oh, it is. It is. I split it with my brother. But the sides, David. The mm-hmm. sides. Like, you know it's good when you don't even contemplate chips as your side order. So I went macaroni cheese. That's solid, yep. Hash browns with brisket and cheese. Mm. Onion rings. And then peas served in cream with bacon. <sighs> Crikey. Oh my God, David, it was unbelievable. But the only problem was, once we'd had our meal, we decided if we were going to have pudding we would leave the restaurant and venture into the Christmas market. Mm-hmm. You can usually get a crepe or a, those little Dutch pancakes, whatever they're called. Yeah. Christmas market doesn't really start till next week in York. Nowhere was open. We walked around for an hour looking for pudding. <laughs> we, even, <laughs> we even found a restaurant that only sells puddings, and they were like, oh, uh-huh. sorry, guys, we're just locking up. So <laughs> after the meal, we just yonked around York. My feet really hurt. And I'll tell you this, David, I put this out on Twitter. As much as I like taking my shoes off in the cinema, I think it's acceptable to take your shoes off in a restaurant. I've, I have no words, Matt. Right, we were sat in a little booth, big long tablecloth, no one could have seen. I just thought, mm. I've been on my feet all day because I literally ran out of work, got in my car, drove to York and went to the pub. And I was like, my, you know, I just... Need to take my shoes off, just let my feet breathe. Disgraceful. It's not. It have you no sense of decorum, man? 
Yeah, absolutely. But I, I just think, like, if I went to your house... Yeah. Would you put your shoes on whilst you're entertaining? No, but it's a different matter, isn't it? No, it's not. I take my shoes off everywhere. I took my shoes off at work the other day. Taught a lesson in my socks because my feet were hurting. I take my shoes off in the library if I'm sat having a little read. This is just... I, I, I've, I've no words, Matt. I've no words. The, the biggest mistake in mankind's evolution was the development of the shoelace rather than elasticated shoes. <laughs> right? I wear to work those elasticated... I think they're called market boots. Just mm-hmm. slip-on boots. And then you can, can just slip them off as well. <sighs> um... I mean, to each their own, I suppose, is the most charitable thing I can say. To if, I, if I'm paying, right? The, the meal that I went to the other day, there was one, two, there was five of us, and it was the best part of 300 quid, this meal, yep. right? If I'm paying that much, I want to be comfortable. And if I need yep. to be comfortable, the shoes are off. You know, it's not like I'm taking my T-shirt off and my big man tits are on the table. <laughs> <laughs> It's. Uh, I, I don't it's, even think it's any of the people. I don't even think any of the people I was with noticed. Just under the table, slipped one boot off, slipped the other. I mean, I, I don't know what the response was on Twitter, but uh, I feel like you, you you might be willing to die on this hill, but you're going to die alone, Matt. I don't think anyone else thinks it is as normal as acceptable as you do to take your shoes off in public places. I'm not doing it on the bus or anything like that. Well, you might as bloody well be. No. I, it, again, it's like a secret shame. I do it under a big long tablecloth where no one can see. Exactly, because you know if if they could see, you'd be judged harshly. For yeah, I just can't. I just can't be dealing with bloody assholes going. Oh, have you taken your shoes off? What are you doing that for? Just leave me alone, all right? I'm comfortable. And guess what? Well, a well, week on Wednesday, when I go to the premiere showing of the new Spider-Man film, yes, I'm skiving a day off work to go watch it so it doesn't get spoiled. I'll be taking my shoes off there as well. So my meal of the week, Matt, thanks for asking. Uh, I had a really lovely stir-fry with my family just now. Um, Were you wearing shoes whilst you ate it? No, I wasn't. because You I was in absolute the... sycophant. I was in the sanctity of my own home. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just one rule for you and one rule for the rest of us, isn't it, David? (laughs) No, the whole point, Matt, is that I want everyone to adhere to the same basic rules. Just liberate your feet. Anyway, um, it was very nice. So thank you for for your... um... Tell me about this stir-fry, go on. No, it's fine. There's nothing to say. It it was, you know. Did you fry it? What? Did you fry it? No, I didn't. My partner did. Did you stir it? No, no. Again, it was it was my partner that was really responsible for the stirring and frying of the stir fry. Okay. And also the preparation of the sauce. Uh, But but she she was cooking. I don't know. There's a there's a um, fancier way to put it than that. She she cooked the meal and it was very nice. I helped her eat it. You Good. Know, we, we, all, we all contribute in this family. 
Good. I have a funny feeling I'm going to edit out that whole shoe argument and that'll be the next big argument we'll have. And everyone oh, will be like, oh, what was it that you argued about? Um, Even anyway. a couple of weeks ago where we like totally owned up and admitted, I just edited it all out and beeped it <laughs> and everything. No one knows, David. I wonder what they think that argument was actually about. I don't know. Wait till they get to the Christmas special where I tell everyone who my enemy is. I edited that bit out as well. Didn't put his name in. No one will ever know. (laughs) I like to have an air of mystery about our pod, David. Uh, there isn't much mystery, to be honest. If I think this many episodes in, I think uh, all of our listeners have a pretty good measure of our characters at this stage. Why, why don't you say something truly controversial and I'll edit it out and then no one will ever know? I don't know that I have any particularly controversial opinions. Um, just, just say all of old Doctor Who is shit. Uh, but I don't believe that to be true. Um... um Say it all of new Doctor Who is shit. I no, because it, it's not. Most of it's really quite good. Um, I, 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 look, I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying to play along with you, Matt. I am trying to think of something. Um, this, this is, this isn't controversial. I don't think, but it's. It, look, I genuinely don't understand what people like about. I genuinely don't understand what is supposed to be appealing about it. I don't know why it is popular. That's about, that's probably like, if we, if we're looking for something where I, I have an opinion that goes against the grain, it's probably that. I don't get it. I don't get it. Well, but for you to say that about an entire race of people, Dave. I don't because we've got we've got some we've got some thorny stuff to deal with later on, on, yeah. on that subject. So let's um, let's not get off on the wrong foot there. I mean, eh? How can you say those things about women? God, right? Is it time, David? Uh, yes, probably. For I was hoping you'd go the, and then I could say wheelie, then you'd say big. No, I, I was just going in for a sip of tea, to be honest, Matt. Oh, come on. It's one of the okay. last ones of the year. David, it's time for... <sighs> the... I only had the dregs left in a cup, so I had to really work there. <laughs> That was a really unpleasant noise. Wheelie Big Quiz. It's time for the Wheelie Big Quiz. Let's do it. Wheelie Big Quiz. Right. David. Yes? Are you sitting comfortably? Relatively speaking, yes. Right, well, this week, the questions, David, have been submitted by members of my new podcast gang for when I leave you and eventually just hang out with them all the time Mm -hmm. in the after show. Oh, excellent. Okay. Now, 
They've only submitted three questions. Only three of them have replied, because I kind of forgot <laughs> and then sent a message last night. Okay. <laughs> so they're going to be interspersed with the emergency questions from the Diddly Dumb podcast. You know, Excellent. the ones that we vowed never to use because they didn't send enough. So it's a real mishmash this week, basically. Yeah. Yeah. It's from all the good uh, Doctor Who podcasts, not the absolute arsehole over at the podcast. <laughs> I've never even listened to it. I've no idea. No, what but there's, there's a spoiler for our Christmas special. Okay. <laughs> We've got a new podcast enemy. You have to listen on Christmas Day to find out who. Mm-hmm. Right, David, not our podcast enemy. In fact, one of life's good guys, it's Mark from the Orland of Time and Space podcast. Yes, indeed. Say hello, David. Hello, Mark. So this is question one, David. They're not really from any particular topic, but let's see if you can do this. Let's go for it. Okay. In fact, this first question could earn you up to four pounds. Whoa. In fact, I might not even use the diddly dumb questions because this one's worth four. Okay. Can you name the titles of each of the four episodes of An Unearthly Child? Oh. Okay. Um, so you've got An Unearthly Child. One pound. 10,000 BC? No pounds. Oh, no. Uh, the Cave of Skulls. Two pounds. The Tribe of Gum. No pounds. No. I'm not going to get the other two. Okay. Episode one is An Unearthly Child. Yeah. Episode two is The Cave of Skulls. Yeah. Episode three is The Forest of Fear. Oh, yeah. And episode four is The Firemaker. Yeah, of course it is, yeah. Right. In fact, it's a long time since I've watched those. Yeah. In fact, we don't need any of the questions from Diddly Dum because we've got enough. They've just sent oh. some through. Oh, great. <laughs> okay, right. so they're, they're back on, on the bench. <laughs> yeah. Right. Next question, David, comes from the Cloyster Bell podcast. Say hello. Hello. Now, this is a bit of a vengeful question because... The only time you've got six out of six, David, was the week you went up against Mm -hmm. the Cloyster Bell boys. So I think they've intentionally made this a little bit more difficult. Yeah, they gave me some softballs last time, so (laughs) let's see. Can you leave your medical conditions out of it, please? (laughs) Right. What are the two classic TV stories that were written by a woman? And what... Are the authors' names? Oh gosh! Would you like one a them... clue, David? Uh, well, I know one of them is Enlightenment. I was going to say one of them yeah. is one that we've watched. Um, I'm just racking my brains trying to think of the other. Um, oh, Survival. Okay, those are both correct answers. Do you know either of the authors? Um. Oh, what's her name? It's somebody Munro for survival. Is it Rona Munro? Oh, David, you're on a roll. Okay. 
I really hope you say Barbara Clegg to get a clean sweep. <laughs> oh, I was gonna. I knew it was Barbara. Somebody. I was gonna say Barbara. Um, but I mean, you've spoiled it now. So uh, can I take an answer from you there, David? Uh, well, I I wouldn't have got the surname. So just say Barbara Clegg, so I can give you a pound. Uh, okay, well Barbara Clegg. Well done. Well yeah. done. I, I don't think I would have got the surname. I, I would have struggled on, on, on... I knew it was Barbara, but I couldn't... Yeah, anyway. I'm trying to help you, David. This is for charity. Mm. Yes, all right. Um, go on. Um, right. Would you like who next? either who can convince you on my adventure in space and time? You can pick. Um, let's go with who can convince you. Okay, who can convince you? Two questions from who can convince you. Right, okay. Okay, now these might make sense to you. I think they're from Classic Who... I haven't got a bloody idea what's going on here. Okie dokie. From which neighbouring planet did, and I think this is pronounced Skonos or Skonos, mm. demand tribute of hymatusite crystals? Hymatusite crystals. <sighs> Honestly, I'm drawing a complete blank from that one. Um... This is the kind of stuff that I don't actually pay attention to when I'm watching Classic Who. <laughs> it's very in-universe, and I'm, I'm often much more interested in, in uh, you know, who's writing and, and directing and producing, um, and, 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 yeah, the, the vibe of it, rather than uh, necessarily the, the, the nitty-gritty. Um, so, honestly, uh, give me the, the question again. I'll just pull a random... Thing out of my, my From eyes. which neighbouring planet did yeah. Skonos demand tribute of okay. hymatusite crystals? Or I'm just going to go with I'm going to go with Metabilis three. I don't think it is. Oh, I'm sorry. The answer was Aneth or Aneth. Nope. Does it? That's not from the Armageddon factor, is it? Who knows, David? Uh, Who knows? No, I can't. I can't. Do you want question two from who yeah, can convince you? Who was Woolnoth? No, not ringing any bells. Um, I'm going to say it, it was the Doctor. Uh, it was a Saxon farmer in the Time Meddler. Husband of <laughs> Edith. <laughs> yeah, no, I wasn't going to get that. I wasn't going to get that. I can't remember the names of incidental characters from the Time Meddler. Um, right. Now, the last question then comes from... Those were hardcore. I, I did were... say, please make them incredibly difficult. <laughs> yeah, well, the, the mission accomplished. Well done, lads. Right. Um, and I'm going to edit the question from my adventure in space and time. I'm okay. Gonna, I'm going to remove the first part of the question. Okay, because you think it makes it too easy? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. What form... Does a tribophysical waveform macrokinetic extrapolator take? Oh. Say it again. A so it's a tribophysical waveform macrokinetic extrapolator. The doctor describes this as pandimensional. <sighs> Undimensional. Crikey. Would, would you like the whole question to make it a bit easier? 
Yeah, give it if you don't mind. I don't, otherwise, I'm just going to be completely stabbing in the dark. Okay. In the episode Boomtown, Margaret plans to escape using a hidden tribophysical waveform macrokinetic extrapolator. <laughs> oh right. Okay. I should have known it was some RTD bullshit. <laughs> It's got that ring about it. Okay, I'm going to say surfboard. The answer is surfboard. Yeah. Well done. Without that, without that, I would have said uh, fob watch and been completely off off piste. But uh... but there there it is, David. Seven yeah. pounds for this week. I'm happy with that. I'm happy with that. Yeah. Now next week, you're going up against me, David. You know what? I I will be. Can I just say before we get there? I would love to know if the Who Can Convince You boys actually would have been able to answer those questions themselves. Um, I think I'm right in saying they've recently watched The Time Meddler. Yeah. I think certainly it's come up in discussion when we've been talking. So possibly then. Possibly if it's fresh in the mind. But I don't know, like, how many times would you have to have seen The Time Meddler to, to, to have Walnut permanently emblazoned on your memory? I don't know. Every episode's someone's favourite episode, isn't it? That's very true, Matt. That's you know, like, true. how many people will have lamented or, like, really thought deep and hard about Rodrigo that owns that van <laughs> that Billy Piper's mum borrows? I think that's just you, Matt. I yeah, think that's exactly. that's very much... That's your that's your Waldorf, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Um, all right, then. Well, that, that's um, it, so... Yeah, next so I'm week, going up against you next You're against me. Wow. And that'll be the final Wheelie Big Quiz. And we we talked about this. We've already recorded the Christmas episode. So yeah. next week will be the Wheelie Big Quiz finale for the year, yes. pretty much. Um, the, the episode where David asks questions to me, we've already recorded. So we'll hopefully have, like, a final total. It is going to be the last time we kind of discuss wheelie big quiz this year but we'll give you a final total in the new year we will do yeah final update uh when, when we're back recording in the new year which i think will will be our our first episode uh of series 12 which will be dropping on the 8th of january yeah if anybody wants to make a little note in their calendar yeah. um but the yeah. rules still apply 25 pounds you can suggest a bonus episode you can pick something I think we mentioned today, didn't we? We've got enough that we might do one a month, just as a I little think so. tidbit. I think that I think that's the plan as things are shaping up. Is that we is that we will do one of the listener suggestion bonus episodes uh, a month and sort of spread them out over the course of the year. Um, and I'm really looking forward to them. I think we've got some really interesting subjects, and we'll maybe do a little rundown in the new year of of what's coming up there. Um, but it is still never too late to donate. Oh no, absolutely! Get get them in if you've if you've got if you've got yeah. some uh, some I, spare pounds. I really want around. to cross the five hundred. We've we've raised more than five hundred pounds, but some of that is gift aid. So we're just on the precipice. We've got four hundred and eighty-eight pounds, which in itself is astonishing to me. And then if I had seven for this week, yeah. so we only need five pounds to reach yeah. five hundred pounds. We've, we've definitely we've we've you know we we've smashed last year's. If you are the person that donates five pounds to get us over the limit to five hundred pounds, okay, 
I, I'm not going to put this on Twitter. This is just for people that listen to this episode on launch. Mm-hmm. I will induct you into the Martin McLean Hall of Fame in our final episode of the year. Did you hear that, listeners? The one person that donates that, okay, unless it's James Courtney, will be inducted <laughs> into the Martin McLean Hall of Fame. Um, yeah, I mean, it's an exclusive club. You're not going to get many opportunities like that. Yeah. And David and I reserve the right to change our mind. Okay. Always good to have a get out. It clause. is the ultimate gamble. Once you've heard this, you'll give us five pounds, and in one week, you may be inducted, or we may never talk about this ever again. <laughs> okay? So, yeah. what you want to do, in fact, here's an even better you need to be the third person to donate. <laughs> that, that way, we've definitely got three people donating. Don't just donate, uh, like. A little bit, right? We need three big donations, and whoever the third donation is, they can go in the Martin McLean Hall of Fame. That sounds fair, right, David? Yeah. I mean, sure. I mean, no doubt by the end of this episode, you'll have added another another three um, clauses. Yeah. If your but, name uh... contains an O, you're not going in. <laughs> anyway, Matt... Um... Is it time to talk about Black Orchid? It is. It is. Did you get any listener tweets? We did. Okay. And uh, again, the number of tweets has reduced, David. So these are just single tweet responses. Lovely. Okay. So we've got a few. um, Just let me grab them on my phone. Mm -hmm. Right. So first up is James Swift. Say hello, David. Hello, James. And do you know what? In the interest of Christmas spirit and being kind, yeah, I saw this week that uh, James Swift has released some music that he's been working really hard on. Everyone go listen to it. And I was going to say download it on iTunes, but save that money and give it to our charity instead. <laughs> right? I'll, yeah, I'll hard-working pay- musicians don't need any money. I'll pay for it on iTunes. If you donate to the Wheelie Big Quiz... I will send you a pirated CD <laughs> of James Swift's music. He'll love that. Yeah. Right. Uh, right it's all right, because okay. James Swift isn't known for listening to our pod, so he's probably not paying attention. It, I still can't get over how much he listened when he sent us that Spotify thing. I've, it was shocking, wasn't it? <laughs> I showed it to my brother, and he was just like, "What? what is this? What is going on here? <laughs> Right, so James Swift says, an absolutely adorable story. I think Davison is fantastic. Nissa is probably one of my favourite classic companions, so it's nice she seems to get more of a role. Mm-hmm. We then have... Yeah, I, I, just to add to that, yeah, I mean, Nissa having something to do with one of the reasons I was I, I, I leant towards picking this uh, story, because I also really like Nissa and think she's a very underrated companion. Uh, James Courtney chimes in and yep. says, obviously, last week we made the decision to watch this based on their submitted Wheelie Big Quiz questions. Yeah. So he says we actually have to thank James Swift for the question that features uh, Black Orchid. Oh, well, thanks very much, James. Okay. 
Then we have a message from Mark from the All of Time and Space podcast. Say hello, David. Hi, Mark. He says, I've always had a soft spot for Black Orchid. By this point in the show's history, it's a very rare excursion into the past. Sarah Sutton gets something to do for a change. Janet shows off her dancing skills. And Adric stuffes his face at the buffet. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know whether to say it now or later, but I hate Adric. Well, uh, we can we can talk at length about Adric, don't worry. Yeah. Okay, and the last message... People don't want to send them in anymore, David. We've won. <laughs> okay. The last one comes from BT Flibbity Giggard. Say hello, David. Greetings, curator. Who says, the Doctor Who equivalent of an anime beach episode. I don't know what that means. I do, sadly. <laughs> do you want to explain it to me? Because I'm not down with the kids. Um, I, as, I mean, as far as I understand, it's basically um, just a sort of... Uh, rubbish filler episode which is an excuse to have all the characters more scantily dressed than usual right okay anime's for perverts isn't it yes yes it is have you got a favourite <laughs> anime uh, not really these days I, I, I grew out of anime um, when I was when I, when I watched it a little more frequent oh, I don't know David, you're it's failing super... this test. I literally just said it's for perverts. <laughs> and I agreed with you. Yeah. Um... Everyone knows I'm going to put anime in the same category as old Doctor Who. All anime is crap. <laughs> Except <laughs> Dragon Ball Z. Dragon Ball Z is absolutely dope. Right. Yeah. He also says, uh, at least Tegan has something good to do for once. Hmm. Yes. Um, so, one thing that I think is worth noting here is that this these two 25-minute episodes run the equivalent length, perhaps slightly less, than a uh, typical Series 11 Jodie Whittaker uh -huh. era episode. Same number of companions. They all manage to get something to do in this story, mm. even if it's just little character moments. You get a measure of who they all are. Um, so yeah, it, it, I think, I think that was just, that really struck me on this watch through coming straight off the back of series 11. I was like, um, oh no, it is possible. You can do it. Mm, but does that make this a good story, David? Not necessarily. No. no. Uh, uh, as I, as I sort of intimated last week, Matt, honestly, one of the main reasons I chose it was because it's short. Because yeah. honestly... I just kind of want to bash this out and go and watch the final part of Flux. Yeah. Well, we, can, we can do this as quick as you like. Right. They play cricket, they dance for a bit, someone dies, the end. And uh, do join us next, next week, listeners, when we're talking about the five doctors. Yeah. So, all uh, the best. No, Have a nice week. <laughs> we'll dig into it a little bit more. But, um, look, at the end of the day, it is... It's a slight episode. It, slight? It's a... it's a quarter of an hour of a 25-minute episode is the Doctor playing cricket. <laughs> but I kind I find it charming because of that, right? I literally the... didn't know what was happening. <laughs> 
It was like, oh, we'll play cricket, and then do you want to come back to mine for a couple of bevies? And I was just like, what What even is this? Where's the alien? Um, yeah, it was, it's, it was a very rare thing by this point. It's a pure historical. Um, pretty much unheard of uh, in the colour era, with the exception of this story. And that's quite special, I think. How, how are you rating this episode? Good? Bad? Um, I'd say good, good some problematic bits. I think I'm going to go all out and say bad. Yeah. I'm not surprised. To be honest, Matt, I, I pretty much could have guaranteed that you wouldn't enjoy this one. I couldn't... I couldn't point to one thing. There's... Uh, I was going to say I couldn't point to one thing I really liked. Um... But there were quite a few things that made me laugh, but probably not for the right reasons. Uh, possibly. I don't know. I mean, this episode is riffing really hard on both P.G. Woodhouse and Agatha Christie. Mm. It is very firmly in the mould of those kinds of writers. You know, turn of the century, um, um, sort of poking and prodding gently at the foibles of the upper classes um, and their relationship with uh, with people from outside of that sphere. And what I think this episode does nicely is, like a lot of the best of those kinds of stories, you've got your nice, tidy uh, bubble of aristocracy and then... It's invaded by by something that that upsets the decorum, uh, you know. What and the way this 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 episode, you know, it deals with, um, you know, shame and um, and though it doesn't do it, it doesn't do it in a way that. Um, that we would do it now in, in the 21st century. It does kind of attempt, I feel like, to question colonialism. Like, like I say, it doesn't do it in an elegant way. It doesn't do it in a way that, that is actually respectful to people of other cultures. But I think in terms of it's not presenting it as a... That's necessarily a good idea. This episode <laughs> has the worst resolution of any episode we've ever watched. In, ter- sure. in terms of tying up the story, it yeah. like crescendos, and then it's like, right, bye everyone. <laughs> yeah, the pacing is insane. Because the first episode is basically just bootling around doing next to nothing. And then at about... About the halfway point in the final episode, they suddenly realize, oh shit, we need a plot! And it just rushes it all out in one fell swoop. But also, in some ways, that's not dissimilar from um, from Agatha Christie and things like that, where you like you set up all the characters, you set up a central mystery, and then you poodle around for ages, and then someone swans in at the end and tells you what actually happened. Um, so... It's 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 faithful to its influences, perhaps to a fault. Right. Shall we get into it? Let's do it. 
Right, so, Black Orchid from the 1st and the 2nd of March, 1982. Ed, back to back. Yes, indeed. Yeah, that, they were doing that for a while in the, in, uh, the Davison era. Uh, written by... It, did, it didn't help with ratings, I don't think. Right. Written by Terence Dudley. Yeah, I don't know that he did anything else. I can't remember. And directed by Ron Jones. Yeah. Right. So... I'm going to read this, like, verbatim. This is my notes of the opening. Can't wait to hear it. Someone is murdered. Woman stirs in her sleep as murderer appears. There's an Indian. Mm-hmm. A train departs as the TARDIS arrives. What the hell is going on this opening scene? <laughs> now, can, can we pause for a second? And I need to ask you a question, Matt. Are you partial to a heritage railway? David, I live about two minutes away from one. Yes, and uh, do you like it? Uh, I do, although at the moment they're doing the bloody Polar Express for Christmas. So oh. at all hours of the night you can just hear the train steam whistle going. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> I love a bloody uh, steam locomotive. Yeah, they're lovely, aren't they? Mm. We live in quite a good area for them as well. Yeah. It must be said. Right, so... The Doctor, Tegan, Nyssa and Adric appear. Now, of them, have I, I think the only one I've maybe seen before is that Tegan? Was she Tegan, in? Tegan, yeah. She was in Enlightenment. Yeah. So she sticks around um, for the longest out of out of those three. So this is this is taking place prior, because Enlightenment, you've got Tegan and Turlow. Right. Tell me about Nyssa and Adric, then. So Nissa is introduced in uh, the Keeper of Traken. She's, uh, I forget exactly what her rank is, but she's basically an alien princess, right. more or less, okay. or certainly upper crust. Um, her father is um, is sort of basically has his body stolen by the master, and she doesn't seem anywhere near as traumatised by it as she should be. It's rarely addressed in subsequent stories, even ones where they actually re-encounter the Master. Oh, really? Yeah, it's it's not the kind of thing... You milk that for a bit more drama these days than they did in, uh, in the early 80s. Um, but yeah, um, she's... She's kind of introverted and clever, um, so she's quite she's quite akin to this incarnation of the doctor and uh, originally they were going to try and write her out for that reason but but davison said he really liked he really liked the actress and and also he really liked their dynamic so there's some nice moments where they where they're like science buddies and stuff mm-hmm. which i quite enjoy um Andric is an alien i forget which planet he's from he's from e-space part of the e-space trilogy don't ask me to explain what e-space is. Um, he's good at maths. And he's a very annoying, snotty little kid. Yeah. Um, and then Tegan, you've already met. She's an aspiring air hostess. For quite a lot of her first few stories, she just wants to get back to Heathrow. Yeah. And... And it's sort of referenced here that she's like, oh, you know what? I've, I've kind of, I'm, I'm, I'm over that over for now. Let's just go on some adventures for a bit. Um, she can be quite shouty, but also quite fun. And, and kind of the fact that she's, that she's quite bullshy and we've got a much more passive doctor in the fifth doctor 
the way they spark off each other can be very interesting at times. Mm-hmm. So, as they depart the station, it turns out they're expected by Lord Cranley. Ah, oh, that's handy. Yeah, he's waiting for the Doctor. I do love a coincidence when uh, someone's after a Doctor and the Doctor's just like, ah, oh, yeah, fine. Yeah. That, that might as well be me. We'll see what happens. I don't mind temporarily stealing someone else's identity. <laughs> so then, we get a lovely game of village cricket. We do, don't we? And it goes on, and on, and on. Now, now I don't care for cricket. Let me just start by saying that. Yes, right, as an okay. Englishman and a Yorkshireman, I'm supposed to, mm-hmm. even though the Yorkshire cricket team just seems to be a big bunch of racists at the minute. Yes, there's been some very unfortunate uh, news coming out about about that, but yeah. Um, but yeah, I just don't care for cricket. Yeah, okay, well, each to their own, you know. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I do like a bit of cricket. I find I don't have the patience to watch like a whole test match, but uh, some of the shorter forms of cricket I do quite enjoy. Um, I like this scene. It's completely unnecessary. It goes on for too long. But I kind of love it, and uh, you know what? I love I love the sort of updated version of it that we get in the lodger where Matt Smith just plays football for five minutes. Yeah, but in that he plays football properly. Like Davison seems to have confused cricket with baseball. Like in <laughs> cricket, you don't just hit it for six every ball. You do if you can. Yeah, but if you were playing a good competent team. They should surely... It's unlikely to happen. Yeah. yeah they would play yeah. in a way it... to prevent that. But if... Yeah. Obviously, they've just got a crap bowler. This reminds um... me of... Do you remember the scene on the fast show with the really competitive dad? Where he's playing cricket in the garden with his son and his son rolls him the ball and he just <laughs> smashes it up, like, down the street. And he's like, yeah. well, you're fielding, off you go. And he just starts counting how many runs he gets. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, um, yeah. No, it's fine though. It's you know because you can. I've seen players basically do that. Just they just hit a hot streak and they are like just knocking them for six every every ball. Um, so it's not it's not completely impossible. I tell you what else isn't completely possible, David. Mm. I I could not believe how much Nissa looks like Cranley's fiance. It's uncanny, isn't it? OMG. <laughs> uh, I can't believe it. The people of this village can't believe it. Yes. Uh, yeah. I've then put in my own notes, is this episode just mainly cricket? I think we're about a quarter of an hour in at this point. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, I was about to say, I I, I, I think I've just get, come up with a title for this episode, Matt. It's Cricket and Coincidences, isn't it? There we go. Let me write that down. <laughs> Save your job next week. Yeah. Um, because it is. It's like this episode really relies on coincidences. It was a coincidence that it was a doctor they were waiting for to join this cricket match. It's a coincidence that that Nissa doesn't just look a bit like um, Anne. They they are identical. It's almost as though they're played by the same actress. (laughs) It is, isn't it? Astonishing. I mean, we know they can't be because we see them in the same shot standing two metres apart from each other. Right. (laughs) How on earth could they have done that with uh, video editing? Well, at this point, Lord Cranley invites everyone to his house for a drink. Mm -hmm. This is where he ends every sentence with old boy. 
It's like, I yes. say, old boy, why don't you come up to the manor, old boy? A couple of drinks after the cricket, old boy? Yes. Yeah. He's very posh. Turns out, there's a ball this evening. Mm-hmm. And I think this is the first time that we meet Anne Talbot. Yeah. Uh, Cranley's fiance. Formerly yep. engaged to his brother, George. Yes, indeed. Who went missing looking for the Black Orchid. Yeah, none of that's going to be significant later. No, no. Just keep that in the back of your mind, though, dear listener, if you haven't seen this. Okay, missing presumed dead. Mm-hmm. So, Tegan notices the Black Orchid as someone wakes up upstairs. Ooh. Mm. And knocks the Indian out. I was yes. like, what is the symbolism of this Indian? He doesn't seem to be talking to anyone. He's just sat in this bedroom. Like, it's absolutely insane. Yeah. Right. Then we get a scene where the doctor looks in a mirror that's about three foot too short for him to look in. So he, <laughs> like, bends right over. Like, how can he tell his clothes look good when he's doubled over to look in the mirror? Who knows? Okay. And for this uh, ball, it's a masquerade ball, Nissa and Anne decide to dress alike so no one can tell who is who. Handy she had two identical costumes, isn't it? Yeah. Coincidence. (laughs) Right. The Doctor finds a secret passage used by the killer, and the killer puts on the Doctor's fancy dress disguise. Oh, no. Uh, At this point, I've written, is Adric... A hobbit. <laughs> he dresses like one. All he wants to do is eat. He's got weird little pointy ears. Yeah. So he's not as jolly as a hobbit, though. Is there a companion that you dislike more than Adric? Oof, now there's a question. <laughs> if we limit it to classic who? Limited to classic who? Um, yes, I think so. Yeah. And it's not, it's no fault on, it's no fault of the actress. The fault entirely lies with the writers. I probably dislike Dodo more because they never wrote her in a consistent fashion. So she never really got to establish a proper personality. And, um, and she's, yeah, her character basically just never never really gets to be on firm ground and make an impact. Adric, at least, though there are times when he can be very annoying, ultimately does make an impact as a character. I won't say more than that, because I think potentially there's some more Adric-centric stories that we may end up watching for the podcast one day. What if I became like chief of the BBC... Yes, and I said, "Right, David, me and you, we're gonna, we're gonna sort Doctor Who out." And I think yeah. I'm gonna do a whole new series of Paul McGann's Doctor. We're gonna fill in the gaps of his stories. Okay. But love the sound of this. But Dodo is the companion. Yeah, I think that'd be all right. As soon as you did it right, because um, the thing is, Dodo is the trouble is she's in several stories, but she, by the end of it, she's basically a blank slate. So you could actually, you could do something interesting with that, potentially. Um, Yeah. But as things stand, 
the character as we as we get over the course of classic who dodo is just a nothing and there aren't many companions that i can say that about but i just i honestly would struggle to tell you what motivates dodo you know how she feels about stuff mm-hmm. yeah right so if you thought there was a lot of cricket earlier, wait till you see how much dancing there's going to be. Oh, so much dancing. i tell you what, Tegan loves dancing. Yeah, she loves a bit of a boogie. She loves the Charleston. Mm-hmm. Have you ever danced to Charleston, David? Can't say that I have. No, no. What if I told you I was going to bring back Paul McGann's Doctor... But you had to compete on Strictly Come Dancing. It would only happen if you won. And you had to dance the Charleston every week. I'd say, no, you're all right, mate. You've done loads of big finish. All right. What if I said, I'm now in charge of big finish and I'm going to delete all Paul McGann's work unless you go on uh, Strictly Come Dancing? I'd say, have you ever heard of Torrance? What if I get Henry Van Staten, King of the Internet? Right. We don't need to go down that avenue. We don't. That just got weirder and weirder. I'll be honest, Matt. I genuinely feel like you're torturing me right now because I just want to go and watch the last episode of Flux. Yeah. Right. Uh, So the Indian warns Lady Cranley that the killer has escaped. Turns out it's a real person. This Indian. Yeah. I thought it might just be some sort of weird symbol thing. Yeah, uh, like a, it, it does have a sort of David Lynchian quality at, yeah. at the start, doesn't it? So, the killer approaches and starts dancing. Mm-hmm. And whilst this is happening, the Doctor's just still having a little wander around. Yeah. The Doctor's really weird in this bit. He just walks around like, going, what's that? It's a passageway. Oh, what's that? And it's it's always a passageway, Doctor. And he's just like, hmm. Like he's really befuddled by the idea of a corridor. <laughs> That's one of the Fifth Doctor's natural uh, modes is is befuddlement. Right. So everyone's dancing the Charleston, and the Doctor finds a dead body. Yeah. And then we see a butler killed as it tries to save. I've written Nissa, but it turns out it's Anne Talbot. Yeah. So the killer is trying to get them. A butler intervenes and is killed himself. Yes. What a cliffhanger for part two. Yeah. I mean, two deaths. That's more than you get at some part ones. Mm. I mean, are we going to get more more dancing, more cricket? Who knows? Yeah. A lot of buffet action in part two. Yeah. So. To look forward to. The, or is that part one? I forget. I forget uh, when the main. There's always a buffet. There's always a buffet. <laughs> right, so the Doctor is still going through passages until he meets Lady Cranley and the Indian. Yeah. He shows them the body he found and it turns out it was a servant. Mm-hmm. Now, whilst this is going on, this cunning murderer returns the costume to the Doctor's quarters. Ho ho ho. Okay. And I've written, at first, I couldn't tell if the killer is disfigured or it's just really, really blurry old footage. 
<laughs> it wasn't until it really zoomed in on his face, I was like, yeah, he, he is disfigured. Yeah. Okay. So this killer begins to stalk Anne slash Nissa until the Indian again ties him up. Cranley finds Anne's mask by the dead body. And the Doctor appears, now wearing his Harlequin uh, outfit. Mm -hmm. uh, so Anne accuses the Doctor of being the murderer. Mm -hmm. Because she's in charge of all the costumes, that's how she managed to get Nyssa a second version of her costumes. She knows mm -hmm. there's only one Harlequin outfit, and the only person wearing it is the Doctor. Yeah. Okay. So he points out that uh, they have matching costumes, so it's possible someone else might be matching his. Okay. And he says, look, if I was the killer, why would I have pointed out dead bodies already? But Lady Cranley now plays dumb and pretends. She does. You know, there was no dead body. Mm -hmm. Okay. And Cranley himself learns that the Doctor was not the man he planned to meet. The original doctor that was supposed to be playing cricket missed his train. And doesn't yes. doesn't Cranley have a friend called something like Stiffy Johnson? <laughs> it's Smutty. Smutty Jones, I think, maybe. Oh, that's but... it. Yeah, because yeah. he just keeps going, Smutty old boy, on the phone. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, the doctor's arrested, mm -hmm. but the freaky killer breaks free. The Doctor says, I'll show you the TARDIS to prove my innocence. But the TARDIS is gone, David, when they return to oh, the train no. station. Oh, no. This is an absolute nightmare. Yeah. It's all right. They sort it out like a minute later. Yeah, though. someone just picked it up and took it to the police station. <laughs> they were just trying to break the lock so they could get into it because they thought it was a real police box. Mm -hmm. how, how surely at this police station, at the local police station, they would have a log of where all the local police boxes were. Did they just think some youths had picked up a police box and dumped it at the train station? Well, Occam's Razor, it's its a more uh, realistic explanation than it's a uh, interdimensional uh, time and space machine. Yeah, yeah. So, they find it at the police station and they all go into the TARDIS. Now this, David, features the worst acting... I think I might have ever seen in Doctor Who. Mm-hmm. Okay. It comes from Tegan. I'm going to try and play you the soundbite. You might be able to hear this. Okay. See if I can. So the line she says is, you are in for a surprise. But it's like she's never heard anyone speak before. Right? I'm going to hold this up to my microphone. You might be able to hear this. Here we go. I don't know. She like goes, you are in for a surprise. It's like, are you asking me or telling me? Like, I mean, you know correct? she's Australian, right? Uh, no, I didn't know that. Yeah, she is. Uh, the actor and the character. Right. I'm going to ask Martin McLean whether that's an accurate representation of the uh, accent. I think that's the only uh, sensible course of action at this point. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying it's good acting, but I'm saying it, that that might go some way towards explaining the intonation. Yeah. You are in for a surprise. Right. <laughs> if you... I'm sorry, Marty. I'm sorry that happened. Yeah. 
So, locked in his room, this absolute freak decides the only safe way to leave is to burn the door down? Mm-hmm. Why, why not just uh, go out the window? I thought it was an accident that he started the fire. Could be wrong. No, I thought he'd, like, stuffed paper at the bottom of the door and then uh, he possibly. lights it to burn the door through because then he jumps Maybe. through a weakened wooden door. To be honest, I was quite tired when I was watching it. I wasn't, by this point, play, paying 100% attention. Right. Uh, so, Cranley has found a body in a cupboard, mm-hmm. which proves the Doctor's innocent. But the freak has escaped. He approaches Cranley and kidnaps Nyssa. Yeah, you really don't like this bloke, do you? Well, I, no, I don't mind him. I just didn't know what he was, so I just wrote, the freak. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay. But it turns out this freak mm-hmm. is the only other mentioned character. No, it's not mm-hmm. Smutty Jones. <laughs> it's Cranley's other son, George, who was previously engaged to Anne. That's why he's kidnapped Nyssa, because she looks so much like his oh. former fiance. It all makes sense now. Yeah. Now, the Doctor goes after him, and we learn that he wasn't always a freak, David. Mm-hmm. But when he went to investigate and steal the Black Orchid, the tribes, the indigenous tribes of Brazil, didn't like that. So they cut out his tongue. Yeah. And I don't know, does it imply that they disfigured his face as well? I think so, yeah. Okay. Are they the ones that gave him a giant hand, like a crab claw? <laughs> don't know. Okay. I don't know. Okay. But, thankfully, his life was spared by Detoni the Indian. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, the doctor says, you know, you've got the wrong girl. Look down there. That's your fiance. Mm-hmm. And when he finally shows mercy and lets her go, George um, is approached by Cranley, who goes to give him a hug. And then I don't really know what happens, but it ends up with George falling off the roof. I think Cranley pushed him. Yeah, it's it's very poorly blocked and directed, so it's really hard to tell whether it was intentional or not. Yeah, maybe it was intentionally ambiguous, and maybe it's actually a good direction. I don't know, but it doesn't. It, it feels like an odd moment rather than a dramatic one. I feel like. Yeah, it's, what's even more odd is that when he's laying on the floor down below, basically someone like nudges him with the toe of their boot to see if he's <laughs> all right. Yeah. They all go, oh, he's dead. No one yeah. seems that impacted by his death. No, his own mother is just like... Uh, yeah, Well, even when they've held his funeral, she just kind of says to the doctor, oh, cheers for coming, got you a gift, see you later, and then it ends. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, nice and short though, isn't it? That's the only mercy. This possibly... I was going to say, this could be one of the worst we've seen of Classic Who. So, uh, what do you reckon, Matt? Does New Who need some pure historicals? No. I've been saying it a lot recently. All of old Doctor Who is bad. Except Spearhead in Space. That's pretty dope. Mm. Honestly, I think you... I can't wait for us to do a bit more Pertwee. Yeah. I think you're really going to come around to I think af- after this run, you know how we go series, then we move on a classic series. Yeah. I think we just do Pertwee. I'm not, I can't face any more Troughton. 
his bloody dour face, his crap haircut, his ridiculous stories, playing the flute every two minutes, get gone. Uh, Maybe yeah, I'll change no. my view from all of Classic Who was crap to Classic Who only got good when Pertwee arrived. Maybe. I mean, you are going to have a little bit of Pertwee next week, Matt. Because mm. next week we are going to be talking about the Five Doctors. Mm. You excited for that one, Matt? Not it's really. A big one. It's 90 minutes long. I found that out today. You kept that <laughs> under your hat. Like, oh, Matt, Matt here's the... Uh, Here's the Christmas schedule of what we're recording. Didn't put any run times on, did you, David? Oh, we'll do this this week. It's a nice short one. Yeah. Give us a head start for the nice 90 minutes next week. Uh, I thought it would balance out a little bit, you know. Um, it's going to be a lovely treat, I think. I'm taking an uh, extra week off for Christmas. <laughs> right? We're doing two. I'm going to have the first week of January off. <laughs> Right. We'll be back on about the 15th of January. All right, listeners. Well, um, you'll have some stuff in the meantime then. Uh, do, do, do join us next week when, by hook or by crook, we will be discussing the five doctors. But until then, as always, thanks ever so much for listening. And until next time, cheerio. Ta-ta, old boy. Thank you for listening to Neither the Time Nor the Space. If you wish to contact us, our email address is timenorspacepod at gmail.com and on Twitter we are at timenorspacepod. And thank you to Alexander Urban for his smashing arrangement of the Doctor Who theme.